Tooraloo-ra-loo-ra. Tooraloo-ra-lay. Tooraloo-ra-loo-ra. On St. Patty's Day. It's really, the, it's really two days before St. Patty's Day, so. So you is it? Are you authorized to sing that two days early? Is that okay? Um, uh, it's offline. It's I'm thinking this more as a rehearsal to <laughs> sing it. It's not the real. Uh, I'll really bring it on. You know, I got fired so, yeah. when I was in the when I was a disc jockey. I got fired for saying Aaron Gobralis. No way. Yeah, that's how different times were. That that offended somebody, and that got me in trouble. Can you believe it? Wow. No. I mean, yeah, I can believe it. Now I don't think that would even hit, like, I don't think that would hit anybody's screen. Hey, everybody. Todd Conklin, Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast. It's time for the pod. Man, I don't know what's going on, but thank you guys for hanging out and being patient and listening to the podcast. I mean, it's nothing without you. So you get that already, right? I mean, you're pretty much like without you, there'd be no podcast. So you're pretty stinking important. I mean, in the scheme of things, you're kind of the rock star, but something's going on and there's a bazillions people that listen now. And I don't know if, uh, I don't think I've gotten more charming or interesting or interesting or charming or either, either of those things. But something's—I mean, something's happening somewhere, and I can't really figure out what it is, other than just good looks. I mean, you know, but I've coasted through life on my looks the whole time, so it's not new to me. So today's a big day. It's um, as you could tell, uh, Bob and I recorded. I've been trying to get Bob to do this dang podcast for—I I bet you—a month, and we're both so busy. And we're actually on one project together, which uh, that's not an excuse or anything. But, I mean, I know we're busy because that project's keeping us just popping. And so we, ne- we, can't, we can't get 30 minutes to talk about his book. And I really wanted to talk about Bob's book because um, I've been wanting Bob to write a book for a really long time. And uh, he did it. And he did it with the help of Andrea Baker, Sweet Andy, and a bunch of other great cats. And he talks about them all on the podcast helped him get this done. But I think mostly the reason I wanted to talk about it is because to me, it's exciting to think about Bob and, and really Brent and the gang. These books that are coming out on operational learning are super interesting to me because, well, I'll just be honest with you because I think that's the key to the kingdom. I mean, I think better learning makes for better organizations, no matter whether you're in safety or reliability or computer programming or patient safety or pilot or whatever you do. It's really about learning. I mean, pretty much Amy Edmondson's made her life's work about this idea of failing and learning, right? And, and that's all we've talked about for, geez, as long as the podcast's been going on. So, so the idea that operational learning can get better is really, really interesting to me and super important. I mean, I think it makes a huge difference. And the second part of this is I cannot for the life of me figure out, and maybe you should tell me because I honestly don't know. I cannot for the life of me figure out why organizations aren't better at learning. I, I just, I don't, so, so the idea that organizations don't talk to their workers stuns me. I mean, it's just, it, it escapes. I know that, I know it's true. I mean, I'm not, I'm not denying it happens. And it's so interesting when you go to a company 
and you help sort of with a, a wicked problem, like a big problem, and you say, well, let's bring together a group of workers and let's ask them to help us define the problem and then help us understand the solution. It's like you invented the wheel kind of. People look at you like, oh, um, what will you think of next, oh, mighty genius guy? And I look at him like, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, I'm not a mighty genius guy. Uh, I just seems like for wicked problems, you know, wicked problems really are going to involve pretty detailed solutions. And big problems that we have a hard time defining, the problem is, is if we have a hard time defining the problem, we just haven't looked at the problem closely enough. And we've sort of short-sighted the analysis part of the equation, which means we're going to run on assumptions or what we think is wrong, which is an assumption. And, and in, in essence, we sort of fix the wrong things aggressively. Not badly. I mean, we just fix the wrong things. And then we're stunned, just blown away, that stuff didn't get better. And yet, if we talk to workers... Well, that's the weirdest thing. They, they say, well, don't fix that. That's not broken. That, that, that actually works pretty well. Fix this. This is a much bigger problem than that. And what I find amazing, and, and I know you're with me on this, so I'm, I'm sort of preaching to the choir, is that almost every time I've put together a group of workers, especially if it's a, if it's a prickly problem, right? It's a, it's, it's, there's something going on here. And I bring them together and I talk to them. We almost never talk about the things that, the organization thought we were going to talk about the things that the organization has spent a lot of time, energy, effort, and money on. We almost always talk about things farther up the system that either create some kind of weird, ambiguous response, which I should talk about that before we go much further, or there's some kind of operational conflict. And that, that ability to have operational conflict, you know, some, some two ideas are colliding or two policies collide or, Production collides, collides with reliability. Th that kind of operational conflict, that really creates a dilemma that workers have to solve in real time. And sometimes they're not as consistent as um, the organization wants them to be. And so we blame the worker when in reality, it's the problem. We, we got the wrong, we're fixing the wrong problem. So that is an interesting part of what happens. So I promised uh, just a moment ago that I'd give you. So the notion of a yield sign has come up recently in the midst of a, a rather interesting and quite animated discussion uh, where the yield sign was used as, as an exemplar of, of rule uh, of breaking, of, of not following a rule. And it just, I've thought about this so much. Of all the examples to pick to beat me with in an argument over why rule following is really important and you should hold workers accountable of following rule, the yield sign is maybe the last thing I would think somebody would pick because I'm relatively sure that a yield sign is the most ambiguous policy or procedure. I don't know what it is. Work direction device known to mankind. I'm just saying, that's all I'm saying. And so a yield sign, a yield sign is not a go, but it's not a stop. It's sort of this adaptive risk assessment by the driver to determine when safe is safe enough. It was an interesting discussion. So I got to run, but let me put Bob on the line because I think you'll really enjoy this podcast because anytime you get to talk to Bob Edwards, he's one of my favorites. We've been doing this a long time, Bob and I. Anytime you get to talk to Bob is good time, and this certainly qualifies as a good time. So here we go. This is Bob Edwards 
and the discussion of the book. So tell me about this new book. I'm so excited. I can't believe it's taken us this long to talk about it. It's been out a while, so, yeah? How long has it been out? A couple months, yeah? Yeah, so no, let's, let's say what you're really thinking. I can't believe it took you guys so long to write this book. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say that. Because once you get it written, then um, international law says I can no longer tease you about it. I mean, that's I, as much as I want to tease you, the law is really yeah. clear. I cannot. It's not like yep. a yield sign, Bob. A yield sign no. is ambiguous. <laughs> This law, is, this law is very clear to me. I like yield signs, though. Because um, <laughs> they give you control. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So am I, who am I yielding to, and how much do I really want to yield? <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I think really this, what is this, two and a half years ago, was like there really needs to be a book just kind of on operational learning and, and maybe some, some more details around learning teams. So I just... I just started writing a bunch of stuff down and it just turned into a mess. Right? So I had this big mess of stuff and you know, our, our work buddy, Andrea, Andy Baker. We love like, Andrea. We love her. Yeah. Yeah, well, let me interrupt you long enough to say, I think that's how books get started with a mess. I'm not sure that's that unusual. Well, she, she made the fatal mistake of saying, do you want a little, like a little help with that? Do you want me to just take a look at it? I'm like, Sure, that'd be great. And then next thing you know, she's the co-author because it was a mess. But but it's come together. I mean, it seems to to be helping, which is all we really wanted, right? Was something to help. Um, there was uh, there was a time there where I was like, I just don't know if this is going to come together. It's just it's a lot more work, Todd, than you you didn't tell me it was as much work. Yeah, I guess it is a lot. Of, I mean, I I don't think of it. Yeah, it is a lot of work. It's just you just kind of gut through it. Yeah. Well. We're, we're we're pleased with how it turned out for so, sure. So why? I mean, I'm curious to see what 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 part of it do you like? I mean, what, what's the cool parts? Uh, it's helping people realize they can just go do this stuff. And like pe- it's doable. It's and, doable. It's not. Yeah, you don't need a PhD in learning teams to ouch. be really good at operational learning. Oh, that hurt. Well, oh, you no. I said a PhD in learning teams. You have oh, a PhD okay. in in IO site, right? Yes. You need that to be good at what you do. But, <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, now you're trying to butter me up. <laughs> No, it's a, and people really like it. I mean, what I just heard, ah, somebody we like and respect a lot. I'll have to think who it is, Bob, who called me and said, that book's really been helpful. Um, it's, it loses a little luster when you can't think of who said that. Um, uh, I'll think of it. It's, it's somebody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know who it was. It was Shane Bush. Oh, Shane, wow. oh, Shane wow. Bush that's, said that. That's nice. That's a real compliment. I tell you something else is a real compliment is when either Andy or I, the one have someone say, you know, I, I read the book. It's really helping. I've been telling people to buy it. Yeah. That, that's good. Right. Because not, not because they're buying the book, but because they didn't say, I, yeah, I gave my copy. I gave my copy. So it was kind of a nice, it makes you feel good when you're like, yeah, they actually liked it enough to keep the book. Cause I have on my bookshelf books that I keep. And then there's plenty of books that I read it. I'm like, mm, okay, it was helpful. And I give it away. But then the, there's other books that I keep. So I think that's a, fun little compliment when somebody says, yeah, I read it. It really helped. And I told people to go get one. So, <laughs> so, so why is this book good? Walk me through, walk, walk me through what it does. So if I were interested in uh, a book on learning teams, why this one? Well, so it's actually, it's a book on operational learning. There's an appendix that kind of covers the learning team, you know, but the actual, the, the goal with this was to say from a, from kind of from a leadership point of view and from a practitioner point of view, what does it mean and what do you need to have in place to do good operational learning well beyond 
just the learning team. And learning teams have been sort of the Trojan horse of hop, right? We really, or we really are leveraging that methodology to, to get these better conversations and into these organizations for sure. But I think it's, it gives people a sort of a holistic look at, oh, wow. So operational learning can be done with, when we go out to do observations, they can be, and just even with regular investigations, we can change the questions to be more sort of context rich and driven, right? Towards understanding the context. So I think that's why I think Todd, it helps people just find practical ways to put this stuff in motion. And that was the goal with it too, was just gives people some practical help. So your life's work, I mean, your life's work really ahead. is around this idea of operational learning. I mean, that's, that's what you do. You're famous mm-hmm. for it. You wrote the book, you literally wrote the book on it. How's I guess that, we can say that. How'd now, that right? sound? The, 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 it sounds, yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. You literally wrote the book. Not at, well, you also actually wrote the book, but in this case, using the word literally is literally. right. You literally yes. wrote the book on it. Right. Why, why are organizations bad at learning? I mean, what, that's always a mystery to me, and I don't know if I know the answer. Uh, I think it's because we're busy. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I just think of my work history as an engineer and as a maintenance manager. And I think of, you know, the work that Andy did as a safety professional and we're just busy doing all the stuff that they want us to do. And it, it takes a, it takes a concerted effort and a moment to say, Hey, wait a minute, I, I need to stop and learn here instead of just solving. And we even had this whole mantra, right? Find it, fix it. That thing sort of permeated our existence was right. So we're not, we're not, I can look back on my, as a, as a technical support leader and as maintenance leader, I didn't spend a lot of time learning. It was a lot of time finding, fixing, and find it and fix it, find it, fix it. So now we're saying, wait a minute, it might actually be worthwhile. It is worthwhile to slow down and learn. Because analysis allows you to get longer, better, more sustainable outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so anytime and you shorten get- analysis, you're actually cheating right. the corrective action or the fix. Maybe. Right. I mean, we're, we're all saying this a bunch, right? I, I don't remember who said it first. You may have been the first one to say it, but it's that, you know, great, great leaders do make great decisions if they have great information. This is helping them get great information. It's the real blue line stories of work. And, um, and we make better decisions when we know that. And the book makes it really um, attainable. That's I'm looking for a better yes. word. Palatable. That sounds offensive, kind of. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to swap. It's easy to easy to learn. It's 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 kind of like operational learning for dummies, kind of. I mean, I didn't mean that in an insulting way. No, I, you made a yeah, face. I mean, it, huh? You made a face when I said that. Well, I mean, yeah, because it's it's. I mean, it's it's just to try to make it help help people believe they can go do this, right? That that's what it is. It's like you know what. If, if you kind of get these five key principles that all this stuff that we do is based on and you go out there with a sort of this humble inquiry approach, right. And, and try to really understand what, what the workers are going through um, and what they're dealing with from their perspective, man, it's just, it's just so powerful. And so, yeah, I think the book is, is designed really to help encourage people to do that. Can anyone and, do and it? To be, um, Can anyone no. do it? No, no, not really. I mean, that is, that means people that are way more qualified than me to do all kind of stuff that probably aren't very good at operational learning because operational learning means you have to not already think you have the answer, or at least you have to slow down a minute and say, okay, at least being aware, I probably think I know the answer, but I need to stop and listen and listen to learn as opposed to listen to respond. And I, there are some people that just, they, they just aren't cut out for that. And that's okay too. They can still support this approach, 
right? I have a friend of mine, he's a manager, and he says, Bob, I love these learning teams, but I, I couldn't actually lead them because I don't listen very well. Uh, I thought, well, actually, it's true. He doesn't. He, he, <laughs> as you're talking, he already starts to talk, right? So he doesn't listen very well, but he supports them. So it's not for everybody. And anybody who's not comfortable with sort of um, just go, moving with the conversation, that's one thing we talk about a lot, right, is that, that we don't go in with a list of questions with any of this. We go in with curiosity and with a sort of a quest to learn. And so some people don't, they just don't have that or that maybe they don't want to have that. Could anybody get good at it? I suppose, yeah, anybody could, but some people normally don't want to. So that's okay too. But I think that's one of the things the book that you guys put together does really beautifully is it, it, it reinforces the value of not knowing. And, and it's weird when you think about it. And that's kind of what Edgar Schein talks about too in Humble Inquiry is that yep. not knowing actually is a pretty good place to be. It's not an insult against your ego or intelligence. It's that you don't know. And because you don't know, then it actually opens up a universe of possibilities to, to learn. And the ability to learn then clearly makes you smarter because that is the rule. Knowing less does not make you smarter. Knowing less makes you dumber. Knowing more makes you smarter, just in case anyone got confused on that rule. Yeah, and right. I think that approach, which is, is completely hardwired into you as a human being, I mean, that's, that's just the way you, you're just a curious dude who is curious with most of the world and are, I mean, as trite as it sounds, but it's a really good description for you, is you're a lifelong learner. And you've parlayed this lifelong learning part of you into actually helping organizations get better. And that's pretty cool. And that, I think, is a really powerful part of what the book does. What else should we know it's about got, it? it? Well, it's got fun stories in it. I, mean, I know. Lots of stories, right? They're just, and, 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 and so I have to say this. Um, my plant manager from my site back in GE, he's retired now. He sends me a text and he says, you know, I'm retired now. I said, I'm sitting on the beach reading this book. And he said, it's taken, it's taking me back to some of the best moments of my career. Cause he was so instrumental, right? He was instrumental in this. Oh yeah. He not, as a leader, had he not been willing to let us try this stuff out? Had he not been curious? I mean, I couldn't have done the work that I did at my site. So I just thought it would have been what a, what a great and gracious person to take a moment to say, Hey, I, I bought the book. And it's uh, as he's reading some of those stories, he's remembering some of those moments and saying, wow, this is taking me back to some really good moments where we as an organization got better at being curious and, um, and listening. Right. Gosh, that, that has to make you feel wow, that's cool. I mean, that has to make you feel that's amazing actually. Yeah. It's like, a, it makes you feel like a million bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's kind of makes it all worth it. Yeah, exactly. So, and how freaked out are you? How two freak... and a half years. To... <laughs> I know. How freaked out are you that somebody's sitting on the beach reading your book? Because that kind of freaks me out. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It has anyone qu has too. anyone asked you the the question yet? On page um, fifty seven, you say blah 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 blah, and, and <laughs> I mean, because you're just like, oh, maybe I said, yeah, I probably. Yeah, that's that's that maybe. sounds like something I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I could have said that. I don't. Have you have you uh, been anywhere and seen anyone read it when they don't know it's you yet? Uh, no. Okay, when that happens, that's a pretty freaky deal too. Right. Like if you walk on a plane and you see somebody reading a book that you wrote, 
then you have this moment oh, where yeah, you think, be... should I introduce myself? No, maybe I shouldn't. No, that would be awkward. This is all awkward. Right. This is this is weird. Well, I'm. Ex- well, I want to say I want to say this too. Like even the layout of the book, um, Ashley Peck just did a phenomenal job of just really trying to make it make it flow, make it readable, and I mean, literally the work that went into this book. Andrea's just. I mean. I can't even thank her enough for this would have never happened. I, I, I would have just had a bunch of stories. I wrote some stories twice, Todd, and she was starting to put this together. She's like, Bob, you already wrote this story once. I'm like, well, I just started writing stuff. And then, and then for her to build into it, her experience as well. And you can hear it in the, in the voice of the book, right? You can hear where we're both talking through the experiences that we've been through and what we've learned. Um, yeah, so we called it Bob's Guide to Operational Learning just because that, that we thought it would be a cute title, a fun title. But it's it's it, I mean she's the co-author, there's no doubt about that. And it's um I, I just couldn't have done it without her. And 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 Ashley, I just really appreciate her taking the time to to really lay this thing out to where it would flow nicely and yeah, good, with you know, some some good cool little things with summaries and stuff like that to help people as they as they read through it. And it's definitely different than than well, it's way different than a traditional safety book. I mean, it's it's way different. Right. It's creative. It's clever. It is beautifully written. Uh, Andrea's quite good at that. I'm sure yeah, you are goodness. too, Bob. But but Andrea's quite no, good. Let's just let's just be real about it. I mean, I have a lot of stories, right? And <laughs> well, I tell stories. And stories and are I'm important. Born, yeah, that's right. And stories are important. But being able to read them and be for them to be coherent is even more important, I guess, because um, yeah. So every paragraph was really poured over by her and anyway just very grateful and grateful for you for for like saying bob really come on man get with it get something right because i mean you're right there was a space here that needed some additional thought so um and it's based on it's based on all the stuff that we're doing so it's not like we were making stuff up and trying to say well i wonder if this would be you you know it's all sort of sense making out of all this so yeah and i think i think that's worth sort of bearing down on a little bit is that this is really based upon practice. I mean, this is right. this is a, a a guide that there's a tremendous amount of practice, and you have you have really lots of experience um, doing this, uh, helping organizations get better at learning operationally, and you have experience that's really super positive, and experiences where you've seen organizations really struggle, and yeah. that's reflected. I mean, I think it's a it's a really nice way to think about getting organizations to listen to their workers. Yeah. And to learn from them, which I will tell you kind of freaks me out when we say it out loud, because it seems like, why aren't they doing that? Al- I mean, hello, why aren't you doing this already? Talk to the but people Todd, who but, do the work. But, but Todd, I didn't do that either. I mean, when, when, when I first started learning about this stuff, you, you and I had an argument in the hallway. We said this. On, I know where right? all those locks on it, that hallway, where all those cabinets were and all, all those, those locks. Weird cabinets. Yes. yes. I know exactly why were they locked. Was. I don't even know why they were locked, but um, yeah, I mean that the from the very beginning it was a it was a challenge. I had to rethink things, but that's what's exciting is that it does show that if that you can rethink things and come at things from a different approach, different angle, and and make some improvements that maybe we haven't been able to make before. Before, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for writing this book. Any last words? Any final things? What 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 what's what's your learning after doing this? Yeah, don't ask me to write anymore. That's it. Uh, <laughs> what about? Is there going to be a movie? Is is the movie coming? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you going to do? No, an, it, are you going to do an audio book? 
Yes, I am. Right now, we're trying to get the um, Kindle version finished. I think uh, maybe it's there. I need to check and see. It was like almost finished. I know um, that Ashley was working on that. But um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, then, yes. That's, that's a freaky deal because it was so cleverly designed. The pages are, are cleverly designed that it probably didn't translate well into Kindle. Nope, it did not. So yeah. she's having to do some work there. And then, yes, I think I've got a, some sort of appointment in the future here to come to your studio. And I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. Oh, that I you... do not. I do not want to hear myself read. But whatever, I'll come do it. Um, it's not. Um, it's not as bad as it sounds like it's. It is. People really like yeah. audiobooks. So. So so Todd, even as you were saying that, you were hesitating with every word I know. you said. I know because <laughs> it really is kind of stupid to sit in a room and read it to yourself, but. Oh. The payoff is, is then people can listen to it in their trucks on the way out to the site and that kind of well, stuff. I mean, that's yeah, it's the and, way they use it. Right. It's better. Well, exactly. And, and like you and, and Vanessa Cop from, uh, you know, our buddy from Australia, she uh -huh. said, you know, get the Kindle book ready because she said there's some places where they can't get the printed copy from Amazon. So that, you know, it, it all makes sense. And the, and the audio makes sense, too. I'm just kind of dreading it. But I'll I'll. I'll suck it up and you can put, do it. And you I'll, can put like music behind it, like banjos and stuff. <laughs> I'll stand behind you and play bongos. I don't really nice. play bongos, but it can't be that hard. There's just two right, of them. Right. That's right. Well, cool. Well, right. I'm excited. I, I I can't wait. And I'm sorry it took so long to get this on, but uh, we've been busy. I mean, things have been happening. We yeah, had a pandemic yeah, in the middle crazy. of all this. And a wait, lot what are you talking about, a pandemic? Uh, you didn't hear? It? Yeah. It, I didn't hear it. Yeah, look it up. It's worth, it's worth looking up, I think. Oh, my word. Yeah, so you're, and you're right. Even this year's like, just launched. It's been a crazy year already, but but I'm really glad that um, – I'm really glad we wrote the book. And seriously, thank you for kind of inspiring it and saying, hey, do, let's do this. It needs to be done. And um, and it's great. It is. It's You know, it's great. We all we, – we don't all see eye to eye on everything, which is also part of the fun of yeah. working with you and Andy and Mark and Martha and – and that's just a theme, right? So, it's worth it. Anyway. It's, it's worth it. So final words, what do you think? What's your favorite part of the whole book? Just hit me with that. Um, the Easter egg at the ending. Oh. That, I think. Yeah, so when you think you're done, you're not. That go will a page or two, Go a page or two more and see if you don't find something very interesting. That will it's, not even, it's not even what I did. It's something that was added into the book and see what you think. That will entice people. So I happen to know what you're talking about. So so I know. I'm not going to say a word because that would ruin it. Yes. But that yes. will entice people to uh, run to their bookseller as fast as possible and secure this book. So. And then go to the back pages to read that first. Right, and not read the rest of it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> well, it's a good thing. It's it's important. Every organization should get better at learning. Every organization should want to get better at learning. And now there's some tools out there to actually help conceptually get it done. I'm proud of you. You did a great job, man. Now you're hey. a published author. You literally wrote the book. Literally. On operational learning. Thanks, Bob. Hey, you're welcome. Talk to you, Todd. A later, Tater. Have fun. And there you have it. What do you think? That was a pretty good conversation. I told you it was kind of fun. Man, I'm not sure we got to any points, but I don't know if we... We did. We got to some points. We didn't really have any points to go to. So the book is called Bob's Guide to Operational Learning, colon, How to Think Like a Human and Organizational Performance Coach. And you can get it all the normal places you get books and it's uh it's uh worthwhile it, it's a fun 
interesting romp through this idea of operational learning. And I think you'll like the way, if you've not seen it, I think you'll like the way it's written. It's really, really uh, attainable. It's, it's, anyone can read it and get great stuff out of it. From the loftiest academic towers to the lowliest maintenance bay and everyone in between. Not that maintenance is low and academics is lofty. In fact, it's kind of the other way around. Don't tell anyone I said that. But, I mean, I'm out there just on the cutting edge of wildness. That's what I'm doing today. But it was a great conversation. I think what's most important is it's a really good opportunity to hang out and talk and have some fun. So I think that was good. So until then, my friends, learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Take care of each other. Be kind. Look in on one another. That's important still. I promise you, it makes a difference. And for goodness sakes, be safe.